You're welcome. <laughs> oh, starting with a giggle. Hello, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm I'm doing. How are you? Good. <laughs> are you are you ready to welcome our guests? Always. Okay. We've been waiting. It's been a while. We we've been busy, I guess. <laughs> it's it's been life and then mm-hmm. sickness. And the, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we're going to figure out more batch recording. So we'll give the illusion yeah. of consistency when none That's fair. is in fact there. <laughs> um, well, on that note, on the count of three, we, we, we do it? Yeah. Okay. Welcome to... Two As you just froze, so maybe you're counting. <laughs> okay. um, Two girls I, and a tardis. <clears throat> yeah, that just, you were like froze we did it. as you started That's counting. <laughs> so I was like, well. <laughs> of course. Of course I did. Why not? Well, anyway, maybe... we're here. <laughs> we'll figure that out. We are Two Girls in a Tardis. That's fine. Welcome. Hello. Hi, everyone. Uh, we are two women who live in Colorado, and we watch Doctor Who, and then we deep dive, and we share it with anyone who's going to listen. Mostly ourselves. I think we sh- we share this for us. This is our little, our little it is. rewatch pod. It's fun. And before we get started... Just as a disclaimer, if you're listening to this and there's little pictures in the room, we are adults. It's an adult show. So we say what we want. We talk about what we want. And as far as Doctor Who goes, there will be... Spoilers! (laughs) I was like, Brittany, Brittany, turn around. (laughs) And then giggles in the background. (laughs) And then giggles. <laughs> so yes, there there are spoilers for the show. We have watched through it many, 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 many times. Today's episode, that's everything that we covered. Yes. So for today's episode, we are so. going to be covering in the new Who, season one, episode eight, the emotionally devastating Father's Day. It's the tearjerker. Get ready. It aired May 14th, 2005. Of course, the writer was Russell T. Davies. Of course it was. Like, of course. It rips your heart out and holds it in front of your face. It's Russell T. Davies. And Paul Cornell. It was directed by Joe. Oh, God, I'm going to fuck it up. I think it's Ernie. But I don't know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. If... (laughs) If that is like a UK name and I fucked it up, I'm American. You can tell. You already know. <laughs> you already know. So as we said, this one's a rough one, everybody. Brittany, do you want to give us a synopsis? A little moose boosh run down. <laughs> dive right in to all yeah. the times this episode makes me cry every time I see it. Yeah, I cried at least twice, for sure. 
and notated in my notes the times that I cried so that I could be sure to share that. But <laughs> um, so yeah, the, as Katie said, the title of the episode is Father's Day. So um, this is really, um, well, it's a chance we get to actually meet Rose's father in this episode as we get to spend a lot of time with Jackie, her mom, who is hilarious. Um, but yeah, so the, the overall of this episode is Rose and the doctor in the TARDIS deciding where to go next and what to do. And, um, Rose basically, you know, straight up asks the doctor if they can go back and find her dad. And it actually opens up with, um, uh, Jackie and what we assume is little Rose as a child. Um, Jackie talking to Rose about, what her dad was like and, and Rose kind of intros us to her dad and calls him the most wonderful man in the world. Um, and then, you know, she asked the doctor if they can go back and see him. And uh, the reason that he's not around is because he actually um, passed away when she was just a baby. He was hit by a car and didn't make it through the car accident. So that is sad. And she, her mom had always told her that, he was alone when he died. Like he got hit by the car and nobody was there with him. And that was kind of a regret. So Rose's idea was to go back in time and just be there with him while he dies um, to at least provide that. So that is the plan. And the doctor, <laughs> she asks, you know, if the doctor can do it. And he's like, yeah, I can do anything. Of course. I'm the doctor. Duh. <laughs> but uh but he also cautions well he says your wish is my command but be careful what you wish for um because going back in time and and also you know witnessing something like that would obviously be very difficult to do but that's what that's what rose wants to do so then you know as will happen when you travel in time and space um <laughs> plot lines ensue and yeah and we'll get into them. And, and chaos reigns. Of course. Okay. Yeah. So. You cried twice. In the episode. Yeah. And like. When. Like a tear up. I mean tears rolled. I wasn't sobbing. But like tears rolled down my cheek. Because I've seen this one. This one I'm familiar with. You know there are some episodes that you're like two seconds in you're like oh yeah you know i i know this one well and so i knew i was gonna cry so maybe if you know ahead of time it you don't cry as much <laughs> maybe not i think it fucking depends on the mood this so that's fair i love this episode and this is one of this is one of my favorite doctor who episodes like ever it's really good and it is good it's for sure one of my favorite episodes with the ninth doctor because yeah he's just so wanting to protect rose when shit hits the fan and wanting to give her that closure that he's never gotten in his own planet. And he knows how painful that can be. And the fact that he cares about her deeply and she wants to go back and say goodbye to her father. Mm -hmm. And he instantly is like, Oh my God, yes, I want to do that for you. I just really, really like it. Yeah. 
I really, really do. Yeah. I remember seeing this episode for the first time. And this was the episode that got me fucking hooked on Doctor Who. That's fair. Yeah. It was totally. Yeah, I just, watched this one and I was like, this went from good and like an entertaining science fiction show to, mm-hmm. oh God, it just hit me personally. Like I feel this yeah. in my soul. It's Yeah. This episode's got a lot of the feels and it's, it's also, and the introduction of her father as a new character, he's just, it's a good character. There's the plot lines are well done. It's all really like tight and yeah it's just a good it's just a good story you know just on its own even if this were like just a story on its own it really is good so it's well done yeah it's a it's a very tight one-off episode and it is Mm -hmm. it's a it's a fantastic short story you could just have this and everyone would go oh shit that's really Mm -hmm. good plus yeah being someone who lost a parent as a child yeah. This episode is very like, oh my God, that's something that I I wish I could do. But also at the same time, they explore the the risks that are inherent in going back into your own time stream and trying to see something right. that's emotionally impactful for you. Is it a good idea? Probably not. The reason why is one, you might try to change it and fuck everything up, but also two, even in your own life, when you're dealing with losing a parent so young, the idea of them versus the reality of them are really kind of a paradox. Yeah. Because you have this picture in your mind. Yeah, she talks about how much in her mind, he was built up. And even in Jackie's mind, after his passing, the only thing she ever tells Rose is how great and amazing and wonderful he was. And then she sees them in real life and she sees them on their wedding day. And her first thought is, I thought he'd be taller. <laughs> yeah. She gets a different view, as you would, as an adult person of the whole scenario the whole like reality i guess of their relationship and of who her dad really is and and all of that but the nice thing is because of the way that the story goes in the end she's you know because she comes in with my dad's the most wonderful person in the world and then it kind of comes to a point where you're like is that really the case and what is she going to find out and luckily in the end it wraps up that she feels the same as she did in the beginning although there was some question about it for a minute yeah, he is still a good man. He's just, he he's is. a real person now at this point. He's not right. Not your fantasy. She had in her head. Yeah. Yeah. What exactly. are you doing? I'm, <laughs> I'm migrating because I was, I, I don't know if it's just me or there's like a delay. So I thought it might be my internet in that room. So oh. now I'm settling in the dining room instead. Okay. <laughs> Did you forget your charger? No, we can just I'm pause just, the recording. It's okay. I migrated. <laughs> I can walk and talk and carry my computer and my microphone. <laughs> yeah. Multitask. Yeah. Okay. So we already know from the jump. It starts. We They don't bury the lead. We already know that her 
father passed away. We already know he's dead. We already know that mm-hmm. she wants to go back to see him and yeah. be careful what you wish for, which is an incredibly true statement. Like, just Always. As a heads yeah. up. Um, and we see them. So my understanding, and I want to know if you have the same one. My understanding is that she actually, I can't tell now that I'm saying that. Does she go to various points in their time stream leading up to the day he dies? Like, does she see him at other times in his life? Or do they just go to their wedding day, Jackie and Pete's wedding day, and then to the day that he dies? You mean like just, yeah, not having seen her do that, do we think that that's something that they would have done? Yeah, because all we see is Jackie and Pete's wedding day. And I have no idea if she's like, oh, I want to go in at different periods and like see their history and all that stuff and then go to the day he died or if they just picked those two. It it feels like they just picked the end. Um, And I say that because of the way that she reacts to seeing him it's like she's seeing him for the first time yeah and it's you know it's emotional and and she's also going into it in that sort of shiny with that sort of shiny opinion of him like you know i think if she had seen things leading up to that she would have known prior to that that he wasn't this perfect person like her mom portrayed and Jackie does that on purpose, right? She tells this little girl that your dad was the best and here's all the amazing things that he did because of course that's what you want to say. And that's what you want your daughter to believe. And he certainly wasn't a bad person. We find out in the end that he's very brave and heroic and loving and all these wonderful things. But, but um, yeah, she has this really like shiny vision of him. And, and I think had she seen him prior to his prior to the experiences leading up to his death, um, she would have known before that those things weren't true or as, you know, or perfectly more true as Jackie led her to believe. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause things aren't black and white. Right. But that's kind of how you explain things to a child. So yeah, I don't, I, I think they went straight for it. Um, which also kind of makes sense. Like, cause she really presented, presents it to the doctor as I just want to be there for him when he's dying so that he doesn't mm-hmm. die alone. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say like, I want to know my dad and I want, you know, like I want to see his life. She's like, I want to be there for him in his final moments. Like that's the goal. Yeah. And which and presents a really her. interesting. Yeah. And oh, he does. He takes her. Well, it's a little, um, he was like, of course I can. Like, yeah, duh. I'm the doctor. Like he's, he's like, some sassy doctor know. in this shit. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he's, he, he's very sassy in this. And yeah. he's straight up mean to Rose a few times because, well, we'll get to it. But yeah, I mean, she she fucks up in a pretty big way. As she does. Expected, she <laughs> given acts, the yeah, climate. she acts very human. And he brings that up of like. He calls her a stupid ape. He does, which is the re- insult that he reserves. For when you do the most illogical, emotionally charged, short-sighted human shit. (laughs) That's what he calls you. Yeah. And that Rose fucks up. Like she does. 
Was there yeah. ever even a question that she wouldn't like? No, and it was funny because I, I forgot. Anybody, nobody could get to go into a time machine and go back and see the moment that their parent dies in an accident and not try to stop it. I don't think anybody right. would do that. I mean, like, unless, of course, you hated your parent and you wanted to go and celebrate. Okay. Yikes. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's like dark, but if you want to dive in there, I'll dive in there with you. Let's go. <laughs> um, well, and it, I forgot too. like in the beginning I was like, Oh yeah, I know this episode, you know, I know it really well. And it was for the first like few minutes. I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot. Like the plan was not to go back and save him. The plan was no. to be with him. Yeah. And she can't do it. No. Yeah. And that's, what's interesting. So they go back she they see him you know they're gearing up for his like final she's like this is the street where it happens and they know it's about to happen and she they watch it happen and the doctor says go go out go be with him and she can't do it and then it just flashes to her like crying and and being regretful that she didn't go be with him but obviously i mean fuck how difficult would that be to do understandable hesitation even though she was like so you know it was her plan it was her ask but she misses it she misses the opportunity and she's, you know, she says they hear the ambulance coming around the corner and she says he was dead by the time the ambulance got there. So she knows it's too late. So she asked the doctor for a second try. So it's like she already asked for this big thing and she asks to try again. And you can tell he goes through this sort of like, he knows he shouldn't say yes, but he's going to fucking say yes. And, but he's like, but we have to be careful. You can't like run into your, cause we're already here. So it's that kind of time time and space thing where it's like we're here so we can't run into ourselves being here like in mm-hmm. harry potter with the time turner like yeah. don't fucking let yourself see yourself yes you can't <laughs> do that you'll lose your shit yeah don't do that so they have to be careful about it and then they go back again and she just you just see this look in her eyes like oh fuck this and she runs out and fucking pushes him out of the way of the car and mm-hmm. saves his life and then the time space continuum Rips and tears and all hell breaks. And then fucking, fucking because of course dragons, space <laughs> dragons, dragons come in <laughs> and eat shit. Which, yeah. Okay, here's these creatures. I always thought that the choice of a winged creature was a little strange. I feel like Maybe they're winged because, you know, they have to fly through the time stream and heal yeah. paradoxes that occur. But I always kind of figured, like, when a wound is infected, because that's what the doctor likens it to, when these things are entering, and he doesn't initially see them. We just see people disappearing or being eaten. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. And then when they're... When they get reunited, because he realizes what's going on, they realize it's all fuck, Rose is in trouble, and he runs back, and then they're outside of the church, and they see the space dragons, and he's <laughs> like, oh, because there's a wound in time, and they're here to basically eat everything out of it. So, like, time got all yeah. knotted in on itself, so and they're just heal gonna- it by consuming all. Yes. Like, just, yeah. I and always- then eventually that'll spread to the entire planet, because... 
of the butterfly effect. Yes. Which he strangely has to like explain to her because she's like, it doesn't matter. He's not going to be a world leader. Like I didn't change anything. And but he's like, did. the hell you didn't. Yeah. And also like, you obviously she knows better and she's just like making an excuse because she's like, oh fuck, what did I just do? <laughs> yeah, because she doesn't, the doctor is in denial about how bad this situation can be. But he goes through yeah. it. And then after that, she's in denial about how serious her mistake was because she doesn't want to be because her father is alive in front of her and like right duh yeah i'm gonna come up with every excuse in the book for why the reality of the situation that no one who's dead can come back to life of course you don't want to deal with that because the consequence of that is he still has to die yeah i always and even later on like little worms that would little like Wormhole like, worms? Like little maggots that would heal <laughs> Ew. the wound. Because in reality, like, maggots will eat infected Brody, tissue. I hate maggots. <laughs> they do a lot of good, Brittany. They, they do, do, but they're they yucky. They do a lot of well, good. Well, I had a, I had a, a, a maggot trauma. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Living in Washington. So, yeah, they're nasty. But, I mean, they are anyway. But, yeah, this Anyway, <laughs> you know, so I kind of figured I was like, well, instead of dragons, I always thought that it'd be like little worms, space worms yeah. that would that come sense. in and just eat all the little eat shit. time particles and then <laughs> eat everything and then leave. But dragons yeah. are more dramatic. So, I don't think they ever even give them a name, do they? No, but we they did. Say, they don't say what they are. They're super campy. Yeah. Space dragons. Space, space dragons. time dragons. They're They're super campy campy too. Like, I mean, the whole Doctor Who is in general, but I remember so when they first, you know, she saves her dad and then it kind of, they are talking or whatever and it kind of shows them figuring things out. And, and then it shows the monster, but in like classic monster movie or like B monster movie fashion, the first like introduction of the monster is from the monster's point of view Mm -hmm. with like red vision yeah. And like hot stalking people, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, I love that. It's such a like classic trope. And then you see the monsters and it's like, oh, those fuckers are campy as shit. Yeah. Like these? Yeah, really? Extra like, yeah. Because some, some of the Doctor Who monsters are super great. And some of them are, you know, these ones are very CGI. Mm-hmm. Some of them are not. Some of them are all like makeup and props. And those are really kind of the best ones. These ones are super CGI and they're, yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're 2005 CGI. Space dragons. So, <laughs> you know, are they the troll from the first Harry Potter? Not quite, but they're getting there. They're getting there. They're worse than that. What do you mean? Are you saying the troll is good or bad? <laughs> I think the troll is bad, but the troll is also like 2001. Oh. So, like, of course, yeah, it's bad. these are a lot worse than the troll, I think. I think so. Well, not as much money. Yeah. As far as budget. They remind me of, like, the rubber bats that people hang around for Halloween. Yes. But, like, a longer tail. But, like, yeah. shitty, fake like that. So then there's space <laughs> bats, not dragons. Space dragon bats. I mean, they look more like dragons. They're, like, dragon face, elongated bat bodies. Now I'm just thinking <laughs> of Trogdor from Homestar Runner. Oh. <laughs> dragon bats. No, dragon men. Yep. <laughs> oh, that dates us. If anyone's wondering how old we are, let me just say <laughs> that I was young when Homestar Runner was actually on the internet 
and making new content. Nice. It's in middle school, and that was my shit. I was about it. <laughs> that was the shit. I was about that life. <laughs> I still am. It's a fucking hilarious website. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so Rose saves her dad, and then just and then the doctor is pissed. Open. The time space continuum, <laughs> and the doctor is pissed. pissed because you created a paradox. You like zoom over to him just to show how pissed his face is, and you're like, "Oh, angry! Fuck, he's, mad. He, he's mad. He's so mad at her." Yeah. And I think he's also mad at himself because he knew that this was a bad idea. Yeah, but he's gonna let her do it because she's Rose, and he loves her. And he loves I her. I mean, really. For and all he knows what it feels like to want to say goodbye to people. Yeah. And he also knows what it feels like to want to save them. But he said, like, when she fucks up and it's bad, he's like, I let my entire fucking planet die because I couldn't. Because I couldn't, because I couldn't go back and save them and do exactly this yeah. with the fucking gouge in the time space continuum. He's like, I had to let my entire planet of people die, but this is okay for you to do? Like, fucking no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she gets mad. He gets mad. He's mad because he has every right to be. She fucks right. up. And she's defensive because she knows he's right. And then yeah. they turn into the whole, like, fun. And- oh, they, like. Fine, then I'll go. Like Good, then teenagers. go. Yeah. Give me your give me the TARDIS key. Okay. And yeah, she ends it with like, I know that you're gonna come back. Like, I know that you're not actually gonna leave yeah. me. Uh, She's like, I'm gonna make you time. wait for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you wait. It's like, bro. Uh, and in the meantime, yeah, they, here's Pete. Incredibly uh, sweet confused. Pete. Sweet Pete. Like sweet Pete. <laughs> no idea who she is, but he just rolls with it. Yeah, Peter Allen Tyler, Rose's dad. (laughs) Peter Allen Tyler. Yeah, it's so funny. And I wonder if that, like, interaction is, like, real for the time period or for the culture. Because it's like, so she saves his life. And then it's like, are you going to this wedding that I was going to? And she says, yeah. And then he's like, well, I'll give you a ride. But then they just, like, go back to his apartment. He just, like, has welcomes them into her apartment. Them into his apartment. And they're, like, hanging out, waiting for him to get ready for this wedding so that they can all go to the wedding together. <laughs> it's just, like, with that. I mean, they did just save your life. Yeah. But um, it's just funny. I, I think the reason it's real or if it's just TV. It's probably TV. But because I also think the reason he's so cavalier and, and relaxed with her which he says later on, he's like, I trusted you from the very beginning. I think because subconsciously he knows that that's his daughter. Well, he doesn't consciously know. I think. Yeah. He just he, he says it later. He's like, I gave you my car keys. Like people don't just give their car keys to a stranger. Like yeah. once he figures it out, you realize that like he are, he always knew. Yeah. He or saw her and he was like, Oh, okay. Knew that there was some connection, some reason to trust her. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if he didn't realize what it was right away. And then Jackie. Sass- oh my god, Jackie's fucking hilarious in this episode. Then Sassy stays sassy. Yeah. She has this great line when they, so they, at some point then they flash back to, after Rose has kind of spent a little time with her dad, they flash back to her parents' wedding. Oh, that's, but she's like sitting there no, watching No, they it. see their wedding first. 
Yeah. Because that's when she says, I thought he'd be taller. Oh, so that, yeah, that's right. I have that in my notes like that. So that's what you were asking about, like, if they went to other things first. Yeah. They saw the wedding. But yeah, I, that's true. I think it it seems like they just go to the wedding and then to the day that he dies. It doesn't look like okay. they go in between. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny at the wedding. So it's Jackie and, and Pete's wedding. And he's saying, you know, I take the Jackie, blah, 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 whatever. All She's got like three middle names. And he fucks them up and gets them out of order. Yep. <laughs> she says, it's good enough for Lady Di. It's good, good enough, enough for me. me. Which is so fucking great because that's what Diana did at her wedding to Charles. She said his middle name's out of order. And it's like, yeah. Okay, he's got a lot fine. of fucking names, man. Yeah. Well, and she was also, I'm sure, nervous as all fucking hell to be a part of that whole fucking ordeal so i don't blame her for that (laughs) yeah like that's a lot of pressure that's a lot of pressure i would probably fuck up my partner's name on our wedding day with no cameras and no thousands of people staring at me and no dress with a train that's like a quarter mile long and millions of people all over the world tuning in yeah i'm so yeah i don't don't blame her for that shit nope (laughs) but it was just so funny jackie was like well Fuck it. Yep. <laughs> Lady Whatever. The same. Yeah. And then yeah. she sees they get to the wedding. The doctor's figuring out what's happening at the same time. But uh, Rose and Pete get to the wedding. And that's when they see the car that's meant to hit him and like stuck in that time loop because it pops out of nowhere. And he almost hits the car head on. And that's when she screams, Dad, like, Dad, look out. Yeah. And, and he's like, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah. So then they get out and then Jackie sees him again. And it breaks my heart when Rose sees the complexities of their relationship and that they don't always yeah. get along. More than often, it looks like they don't. Yeah. And Jackie's because Jackie's like, who the like, fuck are you? Yeah. She accuses Rose of being like a homewrecker. A trollop. A trollop. <laughs> she's not. She's your daughter. She's not a homewrecker. Yeah. But, you, I mean, you can tell Jackie's just, like, always on his case about just being a better provider, a better husband. And now, I mean, at, at the time that this is going on, Rose is a baby. In fact, mm-hmm. we see Rose, baby Rose baby. there with Jackie. And it's like, oh, shit. But, yeah, she just wants him to be a better provider. And, you know, actually, when they first go into his apartment – there's like all this random shit around and Rose is like, Oh, he had all these like jobs and things that he did. He was so clever. And, but it's, you know, you, and you can kind of tell that that's not what most people would think if it wasn't their dad, probably. But yeah, you know, she finds out later that it's all like, he's always, you know, the next sort of gimmicky thing and not cause he's like a fucking con artist or a bad guy. He just like, isn't really that responsible. Like he's trying, but he's just not inherently a very like, responsible and reliable person he's not a shithead but he's just not great with with all of that you know yeah he's he's always looking for the next big thing Mm -hmm. and he's a very much like a dreamer and yeah and an inventor and it just so happens that one it doesn't appear to be very successful and no, yeah, hasn't hasn't found much success in in uh, yeah. yeah career or or 
finances. Yeah. <laughs> and two, like. Jackie's like, well, cool. You're a dreamer, but also like we have an infant. What are you going to do? Right. We have an infant. <laughs> and I'll say it again. And it it yeah. keeps needing things. Yeah. So what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she, yeah, like she's fed up with this shit and just – you know, getting on his case, giving him a hard time, but like, understandably. So at least from the perspective, probably of most women. <laughs> yeah. I hate to say, but well, and there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of insecurity and fear and like the very real stuff of how are we going to pay our rent and how are we going to get food and what are we going to yeah, do about uh, clothes and sickness and school and Not an unimportant thing to think about. Yeah. And it that weighs on you. I mean, yeah, I was pretty mean when I was broke. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> there were we, everybody mean. can relate to those kind of stresses. You know, monetary stresses. Everybody can relate to that shit. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And it just so happens in this case, she's meeting her daughter while holding her daughter. Yeah, so trippy. She's like, is that? is that your baby? Or she goes, Oh, I think when she first, when Rose first sees Jackie, she's like, Oh my God. Yeah. And Jackie's like, what the fuck is your problem? And she's like, uh, uh your hair. Mm-hmm. Never seen it like that. And she's like, what the, like, fuck you, bitch. The fuck is that? Yeah. What and she's the like, fuck no, does that it's, mean? it's lovely, you know? And she kind of, I don't know, cools her off a little bit, but then she's like, is that your baby? Like, mm-hmm. is that fucking me? <laughs> it's crazy. Wait. That's, that would be crazy. Yeah, I was gonna say, could you See imagine as a baby? <laughs> seeing yourself? Weird. Like not a reflection. Yourself. Yeah. Physical baby that is you from It is you. Your past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. But- and the doctor, I don't remember what like the doctor's like, don't you like tells Rose cautions her that you cannot touch that baby because that is a major paradox as if we're not already dealing with space dragons, like don't fucking touch the baby because that will really like, he makes it seem like the world would just instantly explode. It might. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. Some shit might. So don't, don't fuck around with that. That is not yeah. the time for you to fuck around and find out. And Rose does. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Rose does. Yeah. I mean, they get to the point after all uh, more chaos ensues, they get to the point where the doctor actually has like a plan to fix shit and he, yeah, he's about to fix it. But then something happens and, and Peter or Pete is like holding baby Rose and he rushes off to do something and just shoves her into Rose's arms without, you know, Obviously, she's not going to, like, fucking drop the baby. So she grabs her and then everything goes to shit again. Yeah. Well, he hands <laughs> it to her because – so they – they the space dragons the, – <laughs> the, there's a couple getting married. Like, we're focusing on the main part of the plot. But this whole side plot yeah. is that there's this whole-ass couple getting married yeah. and no one's showing up to their wedding. I think the reason no one's there isn't because – the wedding's bad. I think it's because they're getting fucking no, the eaten on the way. Dragons are fucking eating people. Yeah. Yeah. They show a bunch of scenes like kids are disappearing off the playground or people are disappearing out of their yards. There's no like 
guests at the wedding. Like, there's a bunch of fucking yeah. crazy shit going so on. Like, it's like, dragons. meanwhile. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile. Yeah. So they see them outside of the church. Everybody runs into the church. They're locking all the doors. And then it's basically like, hurry up and wait. Well, they figure well, shit out. Well, and at out. this point, too, the doctor has stormed off because him and Rose got in a fight. And he goes to find the TARDIS because he says he's leaving. And he walks into the TARDIS and it's just like a regular ass police box. Yeah, because it – And it's like, oh, fuck. launches itself out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that it doesn't get so destroyed. The TARDIS is not the TARDIS, which is bad news. Mm-hmm. He so, runs back. Oh, and then there's that strange strange uh, message on the – what is it? Like a Nokia phone or whatever that she uses to call through Watson, time and come space. come here. I need you. Yeah, which we find out later is the first phone call ever from – well, he said it's the first phone call ever from Alexander Graham Bell. Yes. That's what the doctor says. Yeah, <laughs> so like, apparently – So that shows how fucked up time is. When the phone worked – like, if the connection worked, you know, Alexander Graham Bell was in one room and then Watson was in another. And it rang and he picked it up. And I guess, according to folklore, the story is that was the first thing that he said to Watson. After the phone call went through. Was, Watson, come here, I need you. Okay. Well. So that's like an anecdotal, like, folklore thing. Although, I don't even know if Alexander Graham Bell actually invented the telephone. He probably didn't. But wait a minute. What's the hold on? I'm some I'm like who wrote Sherlock Holmes? Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Okay, that's <laughs> like wait the wait the fucking minute. Uh, that's what I thought. Well, obviously Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, or supposedly, you know, about all that shit with Edison. How it was really somebody else or whatever. Yeah, Edison stole like a bunch of shit. This is an unrelated Watson. It's not about Sherlock Holmes. Yes, right. Not about Sherlock Holmes. Okay, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I w- that's what I was thinking at first, and then I was like, wait a minute. I didn't hear. I didn't hear that he was saying Watson, Watson was so his I was assistant. Like, what? No, Watson okay. Watson was his assistant. <laughs> that fucked me up for a minute. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So, yeah. They get that crazy message on the phone and it's like because the time because time has ripped, so it's coming through on all Yeah, the phones so that every time they're making a call because time is so fucked up, it's making the first call that's ever been made. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> And shit's going crazy. And the guy's still in the fucking loop. People are disappearing. Everyone's in the church. Jackie doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And she still thinks that maybe Pete was doing something nefarious. Although he wasn't. No. He never did. Um, What was I going to say? We see Mickey. Oh, my God. I love that. We see little baby Mickey. I love that. Who sees everyone and she, get eaten on a playground? Jesus Christ. Jackie's hilarious. So Mickey runs up as a little kid. We don't know it's him, but she's like, she calls him Mickey. And she says something. Where is it? I've got it in here. She's like, I feel bad for. Oh, yeah. Uh, and God help his poor girlfriend if he ever gets one. Because he's like so clingy. <laughs> and it's <laughs> And he grows up to be super fucking clingy. But let's be honest. Uh, I don't know if he remembers it, but that's a trauma. Seeing space dragons come out of the sky and eat a bunch of kids on the fucking playground. Right? That's so, going to make anyone yeah. a little bit clingy. He's going to have some fucking issues. <laughs> like, goddamn. 
child just saw like bunches of people get murdered. And I didn't realize he was, I guess that's not that much older than Rose, but I mean, she's like a baby and maybe like, you know, less than a year, a year at most. And he's like, I don't know, I'm not good at that, four or five years old. Maybe like yeah, three or I, four. They might try to say that he's younger, but I think the actual child actor who played him is like five. Yeah. But I guess can't. that's not that crazy. It's that's only not. a few years. Yeah. I don't Ain't know. Nothing. And then they're all then they're all in a church. And then we get like some of the best in this moment, I feel like it's when we get some of the best dialogue and tension because it's where we get the scene with Sarah Clark and what's his face, the groom. Yeah, I don't remember what the I don't even know what his is. name is. I, in they, my notes, it just says bride and groom. I don't bride know. Bride and groom. But they <laughs> ask the doctor if he can save them, and that's so touching. And then he's like, "Okay, well, who are you?" And they say the story of how they met. And I yeah. just, you know, the doctor even says like, "There's an ordinary man alive in the world when he shouldn't be." That changes everything. And yeah. Rose doesn't want to understand what that means. But the doc, you know, he drives it home with this couple of like the magic that happened for you two to meet and yeah. now be with child. Like that is insane luck in the universe. And that's something miraculous that happened that you met yeah. on a street corner at 2 a.m. All of these random things have to go right. And now you are getting married and you have a child on the way. And now there is this family story that exists spontaneously. And he says, I've never had a life like that. Yeah, no, he is very, he's mesmerized by it. It's it's a very like human moment again for him to be, because they even say they're like, you know, they say like, we're nobody. Like they understand that this is like affecting more than just their little bubble. And they're like, we're nobody. But, and he's like, you're not nobody. Like this is special. What? And he goes, how did this happen? And I'm like, what is he talking about? The space dragons? But he meet like, then he's talking about how did, how did they happen? Yeah. And they tell their story and, and he loves it. And he lets them know that they are special and that that was, yeah. Like you said, special circumstances for them to come together. Mm-hmm. And he promises them that they're going to get married too. Yeah, they're going to get married. You're going to have your baby, and they do. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, and it's just you start getting real sad. You start getting real, real sad because Pete figures yeah. out who Rose is. Yeah. Um, when did you start to cry? Um, I wrote it in here. Yep, here it is. Right where we are. So everyone's hungered down in the church and Pete and Rose are talking and he just kind of says, um, because the doctor's talking about what's happening with time and Rose says it's her fault. And so then when they get a chance to talk, Pete is like, why is it your fault? Like, and then he just kind of goes off like, why did I give a stranger my keys? Like, you don't do that. And he's like, you called me dad when the car was going to hit me. I mean, that was pretty telling. But he just knows it's her. And so they and they start to hug and cry. And then that was the first time I cried. Yeah. Like I said, I wasn't like sobbing, but tears left the barrier of my eyelids. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> I think, yeah, that constitutes. Um, yeah, that was the first time. <laughs> I cried start to finish the first time I saw this episode. Yeah. Because – 
all of it was just, oh my God, I've, I've thought about doing this. Like this has been a legitimate fantasy of mine is having this opportunity. And I cry. I'm not a big crier in real life. It's actually very difficult for me to shed real people tears. Yeah. In moment, but media content, I will (laughs) fall. I will fall. Water. Same. I've had commercials make me cry before. So, yes. Yeah. Well, I'm a total sympathy crier too. So like seeing people cry, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm a crier in general, which is not awesome, but here we are. <laughs> and here we are. So, yeah. Start to finish. So. The first time I saw this episode, I was bawling. Now, yeah. because I know what's coming, usually it's the part that guaranteed better. gets me is the same one when he recognizes Yeah, I'm your dad. And yeah. they have they have that moment and she gets to hug him. Oh my god, my fucking heart. No. Yeah. I Done. wish that that meant that I like if I knew that I wasn't gonna cry, but dude, like every time I watch Harry Potter, I'm still especially like the seventh one, fucking water I mean Waterworks. I'll cry in the beginning Waterworks. of a thing just knowing what's gonna happen. So like as many times as I've seen Harry Potter, I'm still gonna fucking cry <laughs> every time that Cedric or Sirius or Dumbledore dies or the whole first fucking ten minutes of the seventh one. Yes. It doesn't matter how many times I've seen it. Fucking Dobby. So. No. No. Oh, not my okay. God. Oh, my God. Not yeah. okay. <laughs> no. Nope, not okay. Yeah. Does does not matter that I know it's coming. I'm still going to fucking cry. <laughs> There's just devastation. Yep. So. <laughs> so. So we both cry when they uh-huh. recognize. Everybody's crying. Who he is. Well, and then Jackie is like. So they're all trying to figure out what to do. Then the doctor has the plan. I can bring the TARDIS back because the key starts burning Rose's hand. And this is after they've – Dr. and Rose have made up because she's like, I'm sorry. Because, of course, yeah. And he's like, well, okay. You're Okay. We'll like he wasn't gonna, like it wasn't gonna be okay. Why does it burn her? Because she ripped the fucking space time? It's just, no, it's getting hot because she had the key in her pocket and the TARDIS is trying to fight its way back in to the, to the vortex that she caused. Oh, okay. Like the TARDIS so is trying the to come back the and it's the connection. And the and the okay. I was wondering up. like why it, I thought it burned her because it was like, she is the cause, you know? <laughs> the TARDIS is like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could see it doing that, but I think it's simply the connection between the key and the actual link to the TARDIS itself. Gotcha. And then the doctor realizes it's not, it hasn't been eaten. It's just outside of this vortex. So I can basically form it around us. But then, yeah. so then it seems like Pete, while all of this is happening, Pete sees the car doing a lapse and he's starting to piece together why her coming back and seeing him has caused all this ruckus. Cause he's not like, he's not daft. He's no. very smart. He's just a dreamer, not really practical, but he's very bright. Sure. He's figuring yeah. out like, this isn't normal. Yeah. And even after the doctor is like, 
I can save this. Well, and he actually, I think he overhears this too. So he hears the, the combo, doctor's yeah. like, I can, I can fix this and don't worry. He'll still be here or something. Yeah. And, he you says know, the thing you've changed there will you go. stay yeah. changed. And I think that's there when Pete realizes like, yeah. Oh, I was supposed to die. Well, yeah. And then he also like the other big tell is so he, they have another, they have another minute to, to talk Rose and Pete and uh, he asks about what was it like, you know, well, he, he, this is, this, he asked about his future earlier and she just kind of brushes yeah. it away and something else happens and he just, she doesn't really have to answer. And, uh, and then he asks again and he asks like, what was it like? You know, what was your childhood like? And she talks about, well, you, she kind of evades and, ta- and makes up stories about him taking them to the park and doing all these amazing things and reading to her and whatever it is. And, and she says, you know, you were always reliable and at that moment he knows that she's telling she's not telling the truth because yeah. he's not like he knows at least he has good self-awareness like he knows that he's inherently not a reliable person so she knows he's lying and then like the monsters do something and it breaks up the conversation and they don't get to you know he doesn't get to like have a rebuttal <laughs> or whatever oh but, yeah and um and she talks about oh, you read me a bedtime story Right. And all of this. Yeah. So he knows that she's – and it's funny because she's doing exactly what Jackie did for her, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't want to – you don't need to be, I guess, in that situation brutally honest. So you make make things sound like they were better than they were because she doesn't want to tell him that he wasn't there. Yeah. I mean how could – you know, how could anybody do that? How could you – have a time machine, go back in time, see your loved one, look mm-hmm. them in the eye and say to their face, you weren't anywhere for me because you died. Yeah. No one's going to tell yeah. you. Can't tell somebody that. That's right. Dead. You don't even want to admit that to yourself. Rose doesn't want yeah. to admit that to herself. So she's she'd rather hold on to the lie for as long as she can because even though she knows it won't hold out – the reality is devastating. Yeah. It's horrible and it's heartbreaking and it's cruel and nobody likes it. Yeah. And then, well, then Jackie hears him call Rose his daughter and flips the fuck out. Yeah. Her immediate is to think. Well, of course it is. Like, why would somebody's immediate response be like, oh, this is our daughter from the future. I get it. That's not going to be your response. (laughs) She goes, goes, you're sick. What were you, 12 years old? Like, yeah. (laughs) Should that be grown-ass daughter from another woman? Should that be the title of the episode? Oh, it's your daughter from the future. Cool. Of course. Yeah. Of course. No big deal. It's fine. It's Dr. Who. You know what? Naturally. Duh. Right. (laughs) And that's, well, that's why the final paradox happens is because Jackie's not believing him and Pete is insisting, look at her and he grabs infant Rose and holds her to Rose and is like, look at the two of them. And then Mm -hmm. they touch. And then. And Jackie realizes that she sees it. And the second says, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second time cuz this yeah. time at the end of the episode, the whole I mean it takes her the whole time to stop accusing Rose of being a a, a, whore. <laughs> a, whore. 
a, a, a homewrecker, if you will, yeah, a, a exactly. mistress. Um, well, and a then tart. the space dragons are in, and the doctor sacrifices himself because instead of if he could do anything to delay the inevitable, especially for Rose and all those people in there, he'll do it. And he says, I'm the oldest thing in the room. Take me. And so then it eats them. Which I thought was really interesting. And he almost, he says it so fast that you almost don't even hear what he says. And then you have to kind of process. So like, why would that matter? I mean, they're time, time space dragons. So it's like, my thought was like, He's fucked up the space-time continuum more than anyone ever. So obviously he would be like the best treat for them. <laughs> or even if he hadn't, he's the oldest thing. So he's experienced the most amount of time, has the most amount of time like about him, you yeah. know, whatever. So they would, it, he would be the yummiest space dragon treat. Yeah. And I think buy them <laughs> as much time as possible because he's That's older. Fair. Yeah. And... Ugh. Ugh, the doctor. And then he's dead. Yeah. Well, he's not. He is dead. But, you know, Rose does bring up, like, way back where she's like, you fucking, you save people all the time. You can create so many paradoxes. The rest of this show, from here on out, there's going to be some episodes where I'm like, how the fuck does this not bring space dragons in again? (laughs) how how is this happening paradox on paradox on paradox and yet no space dragons yeah that's fair that's plot holes (laughs) there's some plot holes there so many questions with amy and rory so many plot holes. oh my god i can't wait it's like they just Looked at the timeline and went, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't matter. It's not even a big deal. Do you care? Yeah. I don't care. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody's going to pay attention at this point. But of course we're going to pay attention. Like of course we're going to know. Yeah. Of course we're going to know. That's fair. So then the doctor's dead. Yep, he got murked by the dragons. <laughs> and everyone realizes they're fucked. <laughs> Then they're like, oh, we're super fucked now. And then Sweet Pete looks out the window and sees the car that was supposed to hit him has just been, I mean, he saw it before, but it's been circling the block, but like vanishing in and out of existence as it circles. It shows up, disappears, shows up, disappears. And he just knows what he has to do. And knows that the doctor knew the whole time, mm-hmm. you know, but I, but I give the doctor props for like trying a different method rather than just being like, sorry, bro, you got to go. Yeah, he could. <laughs> the doctor could have just, after Rose pushes him out of the way, the doctor could have easily locked her in the fucking TARDIS, grabbed him and thrown him in front of the car. But yeah. he didn't. But he wouldn't. He yeah. Because that's incredibly cruel and Mm -hmm. and rose would that would not i think they would they would really be done that would not be yeah at that point mm. but he's trying he wanted to spare her 
Yeah. And spare Pete and this whole scenario any way he could. But he knew ultimately that there really wasn't any way to do it because you can't bring back the dead. Every, every fantasy and science fiction story deals with that concept and it ends poorly all the time. Yeah. Dude, the fucking genie even tells Aladdin. I can't bring them back from the dead. It's not a pretty picture. I don't like like doing it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Careful what you wish for. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, I mean, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Frankenstein. Tons. Can't bring them back. American Horror Story. (laughs) American Horror Story. Actual America. Can't bring them back. America. Um, Yeah. So Pete knows. He knows what he's got to do. And he goes to... I like that he doesn't just go out there and do it. I like that he makes sure to tell Rose and Jackie goodbye. (laughs) And because otherwise it would feel like everything that she came here to do, even though she did not truly, I believe, did not intend to save him. But obviously she, you would have to. But, um, you know, I think if he had just left and and not said goodbye, that she would have been right back to where she was, you Mm -hmm. know? So I'm glad that they, glad they all got to say goodbye, the three of them as a family. And even Jackie got to really like have a moment of appreciation for Pete in the end. And he, well, he tells Rose, like, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't be there for you as a child, but I can do this for you now. And that was the second time I cried. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. This sad face on my computer notes. That that next moment between them where he's saying, I know what I have to do. Yeah. I know that it means I die. And the doctor knew. And you know, and she's crying because she knows too. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love when she, when Pete is saying, I never read you those bedtime stories. We never did all of that stuff. I wasn't there for you. And Rose is bawling and says, but you would have been. Right. I might cry right now. Like... (laughs) It's okay if you do. Every single time, it just... Breaks the fourth wall, comes out of the screen, goes into my mouth, down my throat, into my heart, finds the grief that is right there, and then just pulls yeah. it out and goes, oh, yeah? Oh, Katie? That's oh, cute. yeah? Look at this. Hey, yeah. here you go. Here's your legitimate childhood trauma. Oh, yeah. look at that. Look, it's right there. And then I'm just bawling. And it's yeah. cathartic. Like, I don't say that. It's That's, not a negative. It's This is a positive no. for me to watch this episode. Of course it's going to do that. Yeah. But, I mean, anyone who's experienced the loss of a loved one would want this scene. But when you grow up not having the reality of that parent and yeah. seeing what you want so much that they would have been there if they could have been. Just devastating. Devastating. Of course. I, I don't have a lot of real memories of of my mother because she passed away when I was seven. And I was, right. I was super young. Yeah. And 
So it it was the psych. I always saw a lot of myself in Rose as the character in this episode. I probably would have done what she did. Like, yeah, I fucking would have. I yeah, would I mean, I think um, anybody would. Anybody would. And just all she is wanting is to have whatever moment of connection that she can with her father. And yeah not have to face the reality of life without him because she already did. And I feel that. And I think everybody feels that. And I think it's beautiful for me to have and see that shared experience in a character. It's very cathartic. It makes you feel a little less alone, a little less. Yeah. But it is the, you know, the fantasy of who this person is versus the reality of who the person is. And now she knows he wasn't the super tall, super reliable, always there, wicked smart inventor entrepreneur, but he was a very good man who loved her and loved her mother. And and a hero. Yeah. 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 I like that it, you know, it starts out with that childhood vision of it. And then that comes into question, but it ends with her still knowing like, and she, you know, she says at the end, Pete was the most wonderful man in the world, mm-hmm. just like she said in the beginning. And yeah. she got to see that for herself yeah. and not just be told. He's got great character, if that's what he's – he runs out in front of a car to save yeah. the planet. I don't know that there's – I mean, how many other people could actually do that? Know that they have to die and then go out and face it. Yeah. I know you're just <laughs> – Rare. I, was, I thought you'd be like, well, I know one person, Harry – Mother fucking Potter. <laughs> <laughs> because we're going to always find opportunities to bring Harry Potter into this podcast. Um, Harry Potter enters my life in on a daily basis and always. It enters the chat, <laughs> as the kids say. <laughs> Harry Potter Is that enters what they the say? Ch- I, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't, I don't actually know speak to any kids enough yeah but i've heard we some podcasts. About Homestar Runner, so yeah right i've heard some <laughs> podcasts made by uh people who are younger than us and youths. they're saying it they're not <laughs> youths though they're in their mid-20s youths. oh okay <laughs> they're not you they're in their mid-20s <laughs> they're, they're adults Well, so that's still that, you know, we have to bring some levity into a very dark situation. But then Rose does get to be with him in the last moment because he gets hit by the car. Yeah. The time stream fixes itself. So convenient how it does that. It literally just is like, <laughs> we <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> Wait, never mind. And then the doctor comes out and looks at her and is like, go, go to him. Yeah. And she does. And she gets to have that moment of goodbye. And and she gives a gift to her mom that someone is someone there. with him. And yeah. she's not just dying in the middle of the road alone. And the, the kid who was going to hit him this whole time, the first time it was a hit and run. Nobody said yeah. he drove away. But this time he doesn't. He actually He actually stays. Yeah, and they say like it wasn't the driver's fault because he just ran out to the middle of the road. Ran out to road, and he yeah. did. 
they go back to like the episode, you know, it starts with Jackie telling the story to Rose as a kid. And then it ends with Jackie telling the, the different, the new story to Rose as a kid talking about how this, basically this mysterious woman was there with him and, you know, he wasn't alone and the driver got out and it wasn't their fault. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a better, it's a better way. She, yeah, she at least, she got those moments that even space dragons can't take away. <laughs> so fuck yeah. Those fucking space dragons, yeah. And that comes into play later in the season finale because when she's going to her mom, when the TARDIS sends her back and she's talking to her mom about the doctor and why they have to figure out a way to go back and save him. And her mom's like, what the actual fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And she she goes back to this episode and she's like, do you remember that when dad died, you saw a blonde woman with him? You told me that story. And Jackie's like, yeah. And she's like, that was me. Yeah. The doctor took me back and did this whole thing so that I could have that moment to say goodbye to dad. That's yeah, I could do that. Is. And so it ends up coming through. Speaking of the end of the se- season, did you see, did you catch the bad wolf? In this episode? Dang it. No, I only where? Caught, I only caught one. There might be more, but I caught one for sure. So when they land and they're going to watch him die the first time and oh. the camera pans around that bricked wall and it has all of those paint, the plastered flyers saying like Thatcher won't seek a third term. And I did the, notice those. the smiley face pictures. Yeah. There's a super faint in red crayon bad wolf oh, on the face pamphlets. Nice. I saw it and the I was catch. like, fuck yeah. There it is. There it is. Yeah. We should like, yeah, pay attention to that in each episode and tell Some of them the are is. really fast. <laughs> like, yeah. that one, because it's faint and the camera pans really quick. I only saw it because... I was looking for other things in the shot outside of the plot point because I already see the plot point like a bunch. So my brain was like, that's fine. Some other stuff to hyperfixate on. Nice. And then I found the <laughs> And then I found it. Um, nice. Good catch. It's like I'm going to be looking for that now. It's like hidden on. Mickey's at Disney. Yeah. Nice. So that's, that's the episode. We cried at the one. same points. We cried twice, at least, yeah. Emotionally devastating. And uh, if anyone else got as fucking wrecked as I did the first time they watched this, please let us know, because you're, like, legitimately not alone. And that's why I love Doctor Who, is they deal with a lot of very real themes about grief and loss and loved ones. And as someone who's experienced a lot of it, it feels validating you feel seen and you get to you get to see those emotions played out in a safe space yeah it's fantasy it's good yeah i never is i really enjoyed it that's good and the next two episodes do not get any better (laughs) (laughs) but still i mean this one you know there's lightness Within it, still the same as in this one. Yeah. But, uh, 
the next two episodes are also, I think, some of the best fucking writing on Doctor Who. They're so good. They are so yeah. good every single time. And scary. Yeah. And heartbreaking. <laughs> and all of the, the themes that you want. Pretty much. All, all, all in Doctor Who episodes. Hmm. You're like, this is scary. This <laughs> makes me... This makes my heart water through my eyes. Feels. This <laughs> is confusing. This is great. All at once. All the things. Were there any other points or takeaways that you had from this episode? What was your favorite no. part? Um, I think the times, I mean, even when it's, well, just like one-liners, that bit about lady dies wedding hilarious but the i mean i think the parts where um rose and her dad are connecting because even though those are they're sad they're also like funny and and you know before kind of he knows for sure and just like that is the whole point of this episode is her to get to connect back with him so where they get to just like talk to each other because and i like i mean i like pete he's like a likable yeah guy he's He's funny. He's just like genuinely likable, nice guy. So I think just him as a character actually probably is my favorite. He is the best. Yeah. In this. He's, yeah. He's such a likable dude. <laughs> <laughs> Makes up for fucking Adam the last fucking. few episodes before that. <laughs> and here he is inserting himself into our conversation. <laughs> I brought it up. Hey, Adam. <laughs> Hate him so much. Yeah. Ugh. He sucks. <laughs> Pete is great. Pete does all the things that Adam should have done and didn't. Mm-hmm. He does them. Pete is who we aspire to be. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with my hands right now. I don't know. I was sitting you're, all day at work. Looks like you're voguing. Standing. Thank you. And now I'm... <laughs> Now I'm standing. Nobody can see this because we don't record our video. That's fine. And that's that's great. Nobody needs to. This is our space. This is our time. It's our time down <laughs> here. Well, do you have any into the vortex questions? Well, I did make one, but now <laughs> do no, do it. <laughs> well, okay. Wait. So I think I might have to amend it. So okay. I guess other than going back to save someone's life, if you could go back in time and change a moment, what would it be? And if it's too personal of a question, you can just say, kill Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> kill baby Hitler. Um, <laughs> like, in my, in my own life, the only thing I'm allowed to change, or like, I could change yeah, in It could be anything. It can be in, like, known things of the world, or or it can be in your own life. Are we working based on the assumption that there is no butterfly effect? That everything will stay well, as is? Well, that's part B of the question is, if you knew that it might make everything go to shit, would you still do it? This is lightning round, Katie. <laughs> <laughs>
the first thing that comes to your head? But I this is a very loaded question. Highly loaded. What would <laughs> so. I do? Okay. I would go – I'm going to keep it not serious. That's probably Because defense mechanism. Um, <laughs> so if I could go back and change anything in time, I'm trying to think of like – the grossest thing I could possibly think of. Like the worst thing that happened and try to stop it? No. No. I'm petty. I'm I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like the grossest food mistake that's ever happened. So I I was thinking along the lines of like going and finding the first person to put like raisins and a cookie and punch them in the face. Okay. Chocolate chips are nothing. Um, (laughs) You know, like something like, something like that. Something like that. Save us all from dried up grapes. And save us all. Okay. Here you go. Maybe not the raisins and the cookie thing. Cause I don't think that's as severe as the grave food mistake of finding the first person who ever tried to convince a kid that an apple is Halloween candy. No, it's not. Even covered in caramel? Punch in the face. (laughs) No, because- What about if there's a razor blade in it? The people who are giving baby apples and carrot sticks- as Halloween treats are not the people who are putting caramel apple dip or ranch dressing with them. They're giving you just the fruit and saying, this is nature's candy. Fuck Enjoy. You. No. No. Well, since you bring it up, Punch. why are there Halloween decorations on your wall right now? Because Halloween is a state of mind, <laughs> Brittany. Halloween is... <laughs> I mean, knowing you, I'm not, like, shocked, but I am curious. <laughs> and this whole time I've been like, is that is that a witch <laughs> in the background? Maybe. Uh, um, yes. Well, so in the other corner is the Hogwarts acceptance letter that you made me. Because I framed I did. that. Wait, what do you mean that I made? Those came straight from Hogwarts. <laughs> I mean. I delivered it anonymously. <laughs> Yes, the actual My Hogwarts acceptance letter that I received when I was 11. So I actually spent, <laughs> actually did go to Hogwarts. Um, yeah. That's framed on the wall. And then, yes, I put these vintage Halloween decorations up this year. And yeah. I never took them down because I like... The aesthetic. Because if you keep the spirit of Halloween in your heart all year round, then you are never left wanting. I love it. And that's I what I didn't do. notice that those have still been up. Because I remember that you put them up for Halloween. But I guess I didn't notice before that you did take them down. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, cool, given man. That it's you, I didn't really question No judgment. Yeah. Um, I love Halloween. It's the best. Yeah, and then one of the signs is home of a spooky witch, one handsome devil, and they're ghoulish goblins, which is perfect for myself and my partner and our rats. 
Near Rizzo Rats. Yeah. Little babies. <laughs> um, so, cool. yeah, I would find the person who gives out fruit and vegetables as a Halloween treat, and I would punch them. Okay. So maybe they'd learn their lesson and never do it again. And I don't think that the world would be shit if I did that. So, <laughs> Meanwhile, you come back and chocolate chips don't exist. <gasps> Fuck. You, <laughs> you shut your mouth, Brittany. How dare you? How, <laughs> How dare me? How dare you? Sorry. Um, what? Okay. That wasn't lightning. But when am I ever of short breath or without It's words? impossible. To, Never. Yeah. That, like I said, that was a loaded question. So you. Now it's turned back on you. What would you do? Yeah. I was thinking about while you were answering, I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to answer this. And I've done that <laughs> every time that I've come up with a Vortex question. I'm like, shit. I don't think about the fact that I then have to answer it. So... I don't have, I don't have like a real one. Like if I could go back in time and somehow make sure that I got a Hogwarts letter, like. Yeah. But then you'd also have to imply that a fantasy universe is real. I mean, is that problematic? (laughs) No, I don't think so. (gasps) Well, Well, maybe. It doesn't have to be something serious. It could be like me. No. Find something petty that you hate and go try and fix it. And get rid of it, yeah. Get rid of it. Um, maybe I would just like go back and invest, <laughs> invest money into, uh, like in that movie Frequency where he just tells him Yahoo, which now not so much, but just go back and like invest in, I don't know, Apple or Amazon or something, and then be a rich person, and then I could create i would have so much money that i could create a fantasy world in which harry potter exists and then be there you you would pay for everyone around you to operate like to witches and wizards. <laughs> yeah i would just like truman show myself but harry potter style <laughs> <laughs> no, that's way too nerdy but i like it that's not too nerdy there's no such thing as too nerdy and i love that you said i would Truman show myself with Harry Potter <laughs> style. So. And that is that's, that's Brittany and I, basically. <laughs> from Katie, Halloween is Halloween a state of mind. Harry and Brittany, I'm Truman show myself. Every day Harry Potter. Style. Um, <laughs> also, I so I forgot about I forgot that the movie frequency even existed, but then I remembered watching it. And if that quote doesn't just solidify a movie into a specific era, the fact that he tells him Yahoo. Yahoo. Yeah. And that actor also plays the fucking secret or like betrayer best friend in the Truman show. So it all just comes full fucking circle. Full circle. (laughs) Well, it might, in fact, be true that all of life is simply a simulation and we are nothing but electrical impulses in the greater brain of the universe. We can't argue against that. No, but don't let Cam hear you say that. I'm pretty sure he already- <laughs> He's not going to listen to this podcast. He's not going to listen to this podcast. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what happened to the recording. <laughs> we can't argue that it's not. We can't argue that it is. It's true. It's just one way or another. Either way, I mean, I'm having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's Shit, all you man. can strive to do. <laughs> <laughs> Can't 
times that you're just perking. What? <laughs> Katie? Um, well, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. This is a great time, everybody. Um, <laughs> Brittany, if people want to share their Doctor Who story or their favorite episode or find us on social media, where can they go? You can find us at two girls and a TARDIS uh, at gmail.com to send an email. And that is the number two, I think. Right. I feel like I haven't done this in a while. And then uh, Instagram is TWO two girls and a TARDIS.com. And there's content on there. What did I say? No, what did I do? No.com. Damn it. (laughs) Social media. (laughs) It's just two girls and a TARDIS. On Instagram. Getting, well, I mean, we're why do you have me do this every time? Because you Here's are... Here's what I would go back in time to do. When we first started the episode, I would say, Katie, where can people find us? And then you would have to do it every time. Oh, God. <laughs> Since you know the answer. <laughs> you are... I love your tone of voice, and I like the way you speak. And I also <laughs> get tired of hearing myself talk and then I get worried and self-conscious so I'm speaking too much so I want to afford it's a podcast you're supposed to do that I know but I want to afford people <laughs> the opportunity to hear to laugh at me when I fuck it up no to hear 50% of this creative equation <laughs> well anyway we're two girls in a TARDIS fucking google it and find us and figure it out you can find us we're, i don't think you can find us on google but you can't but we're we're on instagram at two girls and a child t-w-o we're having a great time everybody it's a great time next up is, yeah. is a two-parter two of nice i think both of our personal favorites uh it's the empty child sure Seriously, so is fucking the what? good. The Empty Child. Yeah, this. Yeah, the so next good. one is. Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of fucked. It's kind of <laughs> fucked. Yeah. It's fucked. It's a, crazy, until, it's a crazy one. It's fucked until it isn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I love the time period. I like the ones where they go back and it's like a you know mm-hmm. it's like a period piece episode. Those are always fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. but we look forward to sharing all of our special insight. <laughs> with you all about that next time and yeah. potentially a half hour at the end about harry potter and god knows what else fuck <laughs> it why not it's our podcast we can do whatever we want and um we'll we'll see y'all we'll see y'all soon how should we sign off this episode i feel like we should dedicate it to we should we dedicate, dedicate this it one to, to peter allen tyler peter allen tyler to sweet pete yeah Sweet Pete, shout out. Okay, to Sweet Peter, Pete. Alan, Tyler. Thank you for saving the world. Appreciate ya. Okay. <laughs> and thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time see on ya. Two Girls and a Tardis. Bye. Bye.